Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. So today we had the incredible opportunity to sit down with David Palma, who self-described as a spiritual embodiment mentor. And he, oh, this was such an insightful and such a beautiful conversation. We dove into a deep dive into ayahuasca and plant medicines and learning to love our experience here on earth and connecting the mind, body, and spirit in a way that helps us really, really, really tune into our center and our truth and our core and what this journey is really meant to be for each and every one of us. A lot of you guys have asked us questions about ayahuasca after hearing about my experience with it. So we dove into a few of those questions on here and the importance, the absolute utmost importance of integration. We are super excited to share this conversation with you guys. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. It is 2.38 p.m. PST. It is January 28th, 2020. We are opening ourselves up. We are calling in our ancestors, our angels, our spirit guides, all the forces of the universe to assist us in delivering whatever messages are asking to come through for the highest healing of ourselves, the highest healing of our community, and the highest healing of our planet. We are open vessels. We are unfiltered. We are calling in authentic, empowering, healing messages. I want to add that it's 2021. 2021! Welcome back to the podcast, David. <laughs> Palma helping me time travel through space. The portal is open. Welcome back. We're so happy to have you on. And, you know, we are sending all of the good energy into technology mm -hmm. today because this one's going to work. Yes. Yeah. So this is David. We had, a, we had some maybe possibly extraterrestrial interventions take place in our last podcast. We don't know. All we know is it got intervened and we are lucky enough to have gotten David on for a second time. Second time's a charm. Yeah. Everyone's going to be, so just some background story. We did an entire podcast with David already. And when we got the audio back, this is the only time this has ever happened to us, but it literally sounded like aliens had taken over the audio. Paula and I sounded completely normal and David sounded like a straight up 
alien that just popped <laughs> off his UFO. I almost threw my phone out the window when Valentina sent me that recording. <laughs> I was like, Paula. It was like 10 p.m. at night. I'm like, I, I don't have time for this right now. Well, we could have to sleep under my covers tonight for sure. We couldn't use the audio, um, but it was, yeah. So we're back, and thanks for jumping on again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the invite. It's a pleasure. I know. We know your your time is valuable, so we, we value so much um, that you are choosing to share this time and space with us. So. so, David, we wanted to get you on the podcast to bring in a shamanic healing alternative perspective into this mental health conversation, which is something that we feel really strongly about. Our family has some roots 100% into the shamanic um, culture tradition in Colombia. So that background, there's a whole nother story there, but um, it's an important piece of this conversation because the Western model is just not doing it when it comes to this mental health thing. So let's start out with David. Can you introduce yourself to our community? Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, first and foremost, just want to thank both of you for having me on um, again and um, the first time and, and seeing fit that I could share, you know, some of my stories and some of my messages and medicine um, with your tribe and, and with your listeners. So thank you dearly to both of you and for even creating this platform for people because it's extremely important. Um, it's obviously, as you guys know, one of the things that is not talked about as much as it should be. So yeah, very, thank you very much. Um, for everybody listening, my name is David Palma. Um, I assist people in retuning their frequencies, their minds, their bodies, beyond the limitations that have been implanted, that have been kind of practiced in their regular life. So I just help people really go beyond, see things from a different perspective, and, and ultimately achieve or begin the path of self-mastery within themselves. So that's kind of what I use. My methods include a lot from movement, physical movement, yoga, meditation, a lot of meditation, a lot of herbal medicine, plant medicine, sacred plant medicine and just coaching and, and shifting perceptions of people, helping people shift the way that they rethink, they see, and, and just breaking these belief systems that are ultimately creating barriers and, you know, obviously manifesting in their life in funny ways, if you will. So when you say self-mastery, what does that mean to you? It's a great question. Um, to me, self-mastery is really just cleaning up and retuning yourself to your soul, to your, to your spirit, to your higher being. Um, and really connecting the mind and the heart so that, you know, the mind as a tool is connected to your heart as your, you know, your, your center, your passion, your, your ultimate, your love. Um, so using your manifestation tool, which is your mind to create that, you know, quote unquote, heaven on earth to create that unique soul manifestation and experience through this lifetime. So everything that can assist in helping awaken the different parts and aspects of ourselves because we have unlimited potential. We haven't even tapped into a little bit of it. So for me, self-mastery is just going to be going deeper and deeper into the potential that we have within ourselves and then conjugating that and, and you know doing your alchemy with all of that and all of the discoveries within yourself to ultimately make your your heaven on earth, your dream, you know, to live your dream and help 
create your medicine for people, you know, whatever that may, whatever that may be. So that's what I see self-mastery is, uh, is ultimately just going beyond the mind, going beyond all these things that we've grown up with and just really living your life very precisely in the moment, exactly how you want to. There's mm. no question about what's going on. You chose every single moment precisely. Mm. So it's a lot of intentionality. Very exactly. A lot of breathing, a lot of intention, a lot of slowing down so that you can precisely build, build yourself, build your life, you know? Yeah. Valentino was just talking about this on a workshop that we did earlier on building resiliency with the Lola co-working space for women here in Atlanta. And Valentino, you were referencing this, that through breath work, you were able to slow down enough to actually tap into your intuition and David, that's kind of what's what you're alluding to. It's we almost can't tap into that if we continue to move at this quick fire, rapid reactional pace that a lot of us are conditioned into. It's so wild. Something that I found and David, you probably are going to amen to this. It's like the second that we slow down and we get still enough, it's like we create a direct connection for spirit to speak with us and co-create with us and to basically lead spirit first. Yeah, absolutely. It's and. The wild part is your intuition and, and spirit's always there. It's never not there, but our mind's so preoccupied with all these other things and thoughts and implanted symbols and ideologies and ways of living that we're like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. Like we're just doing too much, um, especially in the Western world. In the United States, I call people human doers over here. Like they don't know how to be, so they're not human beings. They're human doers. I always have to do something. Oh, I got some free time. I'm gonna, what can I do? That's like the first thing people ask, like, what can I do? Like, how about you just be? So it's just, yeah, super important, just relaxing the nervous system, which is just an extension of the mind and um, letting go of all that stress, of all that, that tension that's, you know, pushing you the energy in motion or energy that's just sitting there, letting go of that so that you can tune into the other 99.999% of you, only 0.001% of you matters. So you don't really matter, you know, and take this physical life so important, like it matters, but it's, it's so minute compared to like what you are. If you look at an atom, right? We're built of atoms. Atoms are 99.999% empty space. So we have so much to tune into. Why, why be so stuck on this quote unquote real world? Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so if you, if you think about your body, right, you have hair, you have eyeballs, you have a liver, kidney, et cetera, right? So those are all made out of cells. Every single thing in your body cells, your liver cells, your eyeball cells, they're not separate. It's all just one thing. It's cells. Cells are made out of molecules. Molecules are made out of atoms. So at the core, you're just atoms. And you, know, you can go to subatomic atoms, to subatomic particles, and you can go to neutrinos and kind of go all deep. But yeah, so if you look at what the structure of an atom, right? So now you realize you're just made up of a beyond trillions like who knows the, what the number is of atoms so what is an atom made out of it's literally just 99.999 empty space you have your nucleus you have your protons and all this stuff and say the atoms here right this one atom like it's just like little specks that actually matter that are actually physical like literally matter right so what's the rest of it it's energy it's spirit, right? It's energy. It's whatever you want to call it, um, prana. So going back to you, if you're made up of just atoms, right? But it doesn't matter how many atoms there is. There's only 
99.999% of you, that's well, that's empty space. And then the only 0.001 is, is your physical, is the actual thing that manifests as like this quote unquote physical energy that creates this realm. So you literally don't matter. I try to tell people this all the time. Like, bro, you don't matter. Like, neither do I. It's cool. You know, this is actually it's it's synch synchronistic that you're that this is coming up in conversation because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. How the way that we get conditioned and programmed in this culture to become so preoccupied with our identity and with our physical appearance and with just materialistic or external markers of value in order to be accepted, just identity, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. The way that we get so programmed into that, it's making our society mentally ill. It's so, it's interesting because it's, you know, it's like, it's all about me. How can I get more? How can I be more attractive? How can I achieve this? How do I, how do I get that? And we've become that individualistic programming and thinking has made us so obsessed with ourselves that it, it creates this cycle where we're, because of that self-obsession, we're also constantly finding like what isn't good enough, what isn't right, versus if we're able to kind of tap into what you're saying, David, of going beyond our individual identity. And for me, I see it as tapping into a higher purpose. Because if we don't have a higher purpose or something bigger than ourselves to kind of live for, it's very easy to get distracted into all the minutia of, of identity. And that's when I see these, that's what I see, especially in my work, as being an ego trap, which eventually then we only live for pleasure, then we only live for entertainment, then we only live for the weekend, for getting drunk, for for sex, for material things. And it's just how can I make myself more and more and more and more? And the thing is that it's never going to be enough. Yeah, I agree 100%. And ultimately, all of that, right, that's a great way to understand it from the mind. But if you want to simplify that, it just takes away from the present. Because the only thing you have is the present moment. That's it. There's nothing else. Whatever happened to you in the quote unquote past and whatever's going to happen in the future is always in the present, right? So when you're being present, when you're breathing, when you're doing that breath work and you're here in your body, you tap into all these different potentials within yourself, within your mind, beyond your mind, within your spirit. So all these different things, it's just like mental stimulation. It's just stimulation, right? Which simulation is is is, is a beautiful thing. It, it allows us to feel things, you know, um, a little bit more deeper and stuff like that. But we're overstimul uh, overstimulated in this current society. Look at our foods. Look at it like... People can't just eat rice, you know, they can't just eat wild rice by itself. Oh, that, that tastes, it's bland, right? But like through my studies and, and the fasting and things that I've done, um, both for my, with my shamanic studies and, and just for my own detoxes and stuff, I don't eat spices, salt, oil, nothing. Like I'll, I'll go on months at a time where it's just super strict um, and tentful diet to tune back into like what things are. A, a salad without dressing is delicious if you're not used to putting a bunch of sauce on everything you know the things we put in our mouth and the things that the loud music all these things they stimulate our senses and they put us in a in our parasympathetic system because it's just so like so much stimulus so much noise from flavors from noises from all these different things feelings and all that like creates almost the need right it it, it um 
depletes your dopamine and all that stuff. So you have to have this extreme flavor in order for it to be good, right? But if you detox yourself from all of that, if you really slow everything down and, and eliminate, you know, all these excess things that are in your life, um, from foods to activities, to everything, and you tune it more into just being, right? There's so much more. There's so much more to experience. There's so much more to to feel, to be in touch with, versus always, you know, always just searching what what's going to stimulate me right now. You know, whether that's sex, drugs, alcohol, food, like loud music, whatever it may be. Because at the end of the day, the only thing you have is the present moment. Like you don't have anything else. That that's it, and that is everything right there. And if you could just tune into that, you can tune into the infinite potential that you have, right? It's not all the noise. It's not all the stimulation and stories and things you're carrying, emotions and beliefs. And like, like you're saying, like, oh, I have to look a certain way. I have to do this. And like, just let it all go. And that's kind of the process of awakening is, is really stripping yourself of all these false programs of all these like things that you're like, why do I even, why do you like the color blue? That's my favorite color. I, that's been my favorite color since a kid, right? But you got to ask yourself, like, why? How did that program go in there, right? And I'll start thinking about that. Like, why do I use the toothpaste that I use? It's all symbols. It's all signs. It's all marketing. It's all implanted beliefs. It's all things that since we're a child in this overstimulated world have been implanted in us and influenced, you know, or have influenced us. And now we think we think we organically like something. Most of the time, it's not. It's an idea or a symbol that was implanted into you a long time ago. Can I just side note something real quick on how validating it is to hear? Because Paula knows when I, ever since I was really young, I eat so bland because to me, I like, I feel like I can dive into like the material of whatever food that is. Yes. You can actually taste the food. I can actually taste the food. In my whole life, I had ex-boyfriends. I had friends. I had family members that thought I was crazy and just, quote, unquote, did not know how to cook because I love eating bland food. But to me, it is exactly literally what you're saying when I eat the element by itself. And I still enjoy it with spices and other things now. But when I eat the Mm -hmm. element by itself, I really I feel like I dive into that element and where it comes from and what it is. So that was meditation. Hearing you say that was uh, great for my spirit. I'm not there. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not there. (laughs) I love my honey. I love my curry. I love my salt. I love my hot sauce. (laughs) I like, I like, I like, like spices and things too. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't just eat bland. Um, But I, I'm always mindful now. How much spice do I put on? Like I used to, like I'm half Mexican, half Guatemalan. I used to put spice, like a bunch of hot sauce, and I'm like hot hot sauce, like not well, like some people are like, oh, it's hot, like no, nah, like real hot sauce that like my mom would make homemade that was hot. You know what I mean? I'd dress that on whatever I was eating, the whole thing, like mix that all up, and I loved it. Um, so I still enjoy spice and things like that, but just understanding one my body and what that's doing to it. What's that doing to my liver and my digestion and everything and what spices and stuff like that. But two, also what's that doing to my mind? Because why do you start sweating? Because it starts stimulating you and you're just like, Oh man, like it's all distractions, it's all numbings. It's all things to like, yeah, to just take us away. But when you're, if you look at everything as information, everything in this world is just information, right? When you take away the, take away the ego and the identity, right? Just look at what we are. We live in this quantum 
blanket, this quantum ocean, right? And, you know, holographic ocean, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. It's just all information. And we're just supercomputers taking in this information. So when you're eating mindfully, something on your plate, there's like maybe two or three different foods, you know, you actually get to tune into that information. And you also get to tune into what that information does to your structure, to your body. You know what I mean? You'll have a lot more control of like those beans didn't sit well or that, you know, one specific thing. Like I'm weird. I'll eat something. I was like, I'll point out the one exact thing that was like, my body didn't like that. My friends are looking at me like, the hell? Like out of the whole thing, that's what I was like, yeah, because I'm just familiar with myself. So when, and believe me, I'm, I'm a sauce king. Like I said, hot sauce, honey mustard, Thousand Island, like all the crap I used to eat. I love sauce. I can't eat, I could never eat fries without ketchup. Like that was crazy to me, right? Years ago. But now, obviously my whole diet and everything has changed. And yeah, I just want to highlight that you get to really be mindful and in the moment with whatever you're eating and and see what that is doing to you and your mind. And yeah, you, I could take that farther and farther, but yeah, that's basically what so, I So sim- simplifying your diet allows for a stronger mind-body connection. Oh, yeah. And you become more attuned to exactly what your particular operating system requires to function at, at ultimate capacity, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, this is goes into the topic of self-mastery, right? If self-mastery is knowing, knowing thyself, is knowing what, it's not eating. Like, I don't eat for, to eat, like people do for fun. Like, people literally eat for fun. That's literally what people do out of boredom, eat out of to numb emotion. Like, this is, food is like probably the number one drug in America. People have no idea. So, for me, I eat for nutrition. Like, I drink, literally, I don't think anybody drinks worse tasting teas, quote unquote, than I do. On a daily basis, I drink wormwood like it's like chamomile with honey. People people throw up when they drink that because I've I know what my body needs. It, to me, it's just alchemy, right? It's just the alchemy of, of self, and really looking at the relationship with food and looking at the relationship with what I'm using that to cover up. You know, and you could say that about anything. You know, because I I mean I used to slam like large pieces by myself quad burgers like quad stacker that burger king had like 10 years ago i smashed one of those two maybe maybe even one and a half i was like <laughs> i would eat let me tell you i know food you and know i know what? that relationship so could you actually take the listeners through your journey to arriving at this place what that healing journey has been like you know just that journey of what even led you to being this david that you are now versus this other david that you keep alluding to yeah. smashing burgers smashing ayahuasca burgers. retreats how did yeah we get here? how did we get here that's a great story uh let's see let's let's try to this i could tell this story for days there's thousands of stories inside the stories but a long a long time ago in a place called far far away there was this man <laughs> this was this boy named david and uh basically growing up i had three sisters and a single mother and I was like the third child and we were pretty poor. We, we grew up in, and I mean, I always had food um, and I always had clothing and whatnot and help from my aunts and stuff. Um, but like when I was really young, it was a struggle. Like it was just my mom raising four kids, working a factory job, you know, as an immigrant and whatnot. So I would eat literally rice, beans and eggs was like what I would eat growing up all the time. And then when I got a little older, hot dogs, basically anything I could throw in the microwave waffles, like that was like 
my food. That's what I grew up on. Literally chips, like unlimited amounts of hot Cheetos. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it was, it was a very poor diet. Um, one, because of ignorance, obviously. And then two, because that's, that's just what we had growing up. And I always played sports. So I was able to like, really, I was always skinny. So I really balanced it out by one being super active. But yeah, I mean, that catches up no matter who you are. You know, I was always thought I was an invisible guy. It's like literally do eat stuff for fun or for entertainment. Like watch him smash his whole large pizza and I'd do it. Like, and I'd just be like, oh, food coma. Like, like food comas were cool. Like completely just ignorant to what that actually means and what I just did to myself. It was wild. So fast forward to age 23, 22, 23. I got ill. I, I manifested. It finally manifested because also with that eating, there was a lot of emotions that were that I was going through. I was very angry. I was super like I was super cool and super chill. But like, if you got me mad, I was I I had like you shouldn't get me mad. I was I didn't enjoy getting mad. But if you did, if that's the route you chose with me, like it was going to be rough. But other than that, like I didn't really experience. It was mostly anger. Anger was the main thing, and um frustration, I guess, and fear and things like that. Obviously, from the foods that I was eating, these are just things that are going to manifest. So overall, I was like a happy, a happy dude, you know, quote unquote, happy and just kind of going through my life. But at age 22, I was, I was making six figures. I was playing semi pro football, I was riding, like I had two motorcycles and a four wheeler. So I was like, living that life as well, like enjoying my motorcycles, my bikes, like going to work and making what at 22 years old is a fortune, right? 10 years ago, or how old am I? Eight years ago. And um, yeah, so I was living a mini Wolf of Wall Street life. I was, I was smoking a lot of marijuana. I was high the entire day, making a buttload of money and playing semi-pro football and just riding my motorcycles and just doing whatever I want. Obviously going to bars and stuff with the football team and stuff. So that was kind of my lifestyle for like two years, like 20, 21, 22, because I was playing semi-pro football for four years. If I go back in 2014, I started to do, just started to feel, it started catching up. Like I started to feel like, if you look at the pictures that I've posted before and stuff like that, like I was inflamed. I don't even look like the same person. Like I wasn't big, like completely overweight per se, but you could just say I was like inflated, just like super inflated, especially in my face. It looked like a thumb. Like it was just there's no definition to it just from all the inflammation from everything I was doing. You know, it's just like, that's what happens. Like math is math. Things add up, you know, you can't. That, that thumb, that thumb uh, metaphor <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I manifested illness. I had liver and kidney disease. I don't know what disease specifically, but I went to naturopath. I, I never believed in Western medicine. So like, even as a kid, I would watch cause I played travel baseball and I would watch these 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 white kids like smash ibuprofens, like I had like they were Skittles. It was crazy. Like they would just eat like four or five ibuprofens because their arm hurt. Like I just thought as a child because I played baseball since I was five. I just thought this was crazy. Like I was like that stuff doesn't even work. And I didn't even have an experience like, firsthand to like say that. I just intuitively knew that. I never related with Western medicine. So when I went through this, I knew six months before, because I was already into it. Like my intuition already knew like something's wrong. Something's going to break. You know what I mean? So I finally faced it because it was getting like really serious. And I went to this doctor that my partner at the time 
recommended because her dad's friend got went to this doctor and no idea what kind of doctor i just booked an appointment and i knew it wasn't western medicine and it ended up being a natural chinese medicine doctor um and three days so in 2014 right before christmas i made the appointment and the next available time was january 4th and four days before i went to that appointment i couldn't go to the bathroom so I started my new year in 2015, not being able, I, I couldn't go to the bathroom. Like I had to go and I went and like nothing would come out. And I'm just like, okay, that's weird. I've never had issues going to the bathroom, right? Like ever in my life, quite the contrary, actually. So I was like, okay, I just, you know, all right. Like I didn't think nothing of it. I was just like, okay, I got to drink some water or something, you know, whatever. And then I had to go again. And then I couldn't go. It didn't matter how hard I push. It didn't matter. Like. It was nothing was happening. And I was just like, okay, this is weird. Right. And I just knew intuitively. I was like, I got my doctor's appointment in four days. Like, that's it. That's the answer. I just knew in my soul that appointment was going to change my life. So I didn't freak out. I was just like, okay, whatever. So for four days, I didn't go to the bathroom. It's wild. And for me, that was crazy. I was going to the bathroom regularly, multiple times a day. And I, I again, I had to go through those three days. I like, I felt the feeling of having to go and I would go and nothing. So I went to the appointment and I walked in like super chill, like just kind of like, you know, hey. And the doctor starts asking me, you know, all the interview questions. And she goes, how are you so relaxed? Because I ha actually had a, uh, I had a lump on one of my testicles, um, like a small lump. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I was a mess. Things were happening. I didn't feel good. I was losing a patch of hair like in the back of my head. So I just kind of told her just kind of how I'm talking to you guys. Like I just told her like what was going on. And she was like, how are you so like relaxed? She was like, it's not a bad thing. I'm just wondering like, what's your process right now? What are you thinking or what? And I was like, I don't know. Like I created this. So like, I'm not going to do this. Whatever I did to create this, I'm going to create something else. You know, I did this to myself. It was just straight up full acceptance in the moment. I literally did this to myself. I wasn't oblivious to like, or illusional to what I did. Like I knew how I was eating. I knew I was going, I wasn't like hardcore, hardcore drinking, but I was drinking multiple times a week with my, with bad diet and everything else. It just adds up. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't ignorant. I knew what I was doing and it just smacked me in the face. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I deserve that. So we're not going to do that again. And she's like, no, that's, that's fabulous. So I received the acupuncture and in two weeks, I did three acupuncture sessions and with the assistance of herbs, but mainly I attributed it to meditating because the moment that I walked out of her office, she told me, obviously I had to cut out whatever foods and stuff, but like, I already knew I wasn't oblivious to what healthy food was. I already knew I just wasn't doing it because I was 23 and playing football and I didn't need to eat healthy food. Right. So I thought, so walking out of there, like I cut cheese, meat, dairy, all sugars, like I was not attached to anything. I was just like, no, we're just going to eat some salads, some like seeds and, and whatnot, and fruits, lots of fruits. And I started meditating every day because during my first acupuncture session, we were just, she did like energy work and stuff like that. So she wasn't just like a Chinese medicine doctor. She did like energy work, held meditation groups and stuff like that. Did Tai Chi. So we had like some deep conversations. Um, so I like to say like she introduced me to like walk me to the door of the library of the universe that I was searching for my entire life. Like I was going through my life, always intuitive, super, like even psychic when I was super young. So I knew I was living in a world where like 
people were crazy. Like I knew this the whole time. I was just kind of going through the motions, waiting for something to wake me up. Like, you know, what is really going on here? Right. Like I just never vibed with, I never fit in with group. I fit in with every group. I was like a chameleon, but I never really fit in, never was like attached to any of them. I was just kind of navigate through all of them because I just felt like this world is fake. So when she started talking about spirituality, meditation, all these things, we just had some deep conversations. So I always say she walked me to the door of the universe, the library of the universe. And I like kicked that thing in. And I, I, when I went home, I called off work for two days. I was just researching and reading and reading and read straight for two days straight, like not sleeping. I was just like, I changed my diet right away. And then I was meditating for like an hour or two a day, just literally off what I was reading and like everything just aligned for me, like all everything I was watching, like spirit science on YouTube and like looking at occult readings and everything. So like in those two weeks, I went from the worst I ever was in my life to the best I ever was in my life. Like I was literally at the end of those two weeks, I was not sleeping for two days. Like the first time I did that was just because I was so excited. But like at this point, I couldn't sleep. I would literally sleep for four hours and then run for two days, working out both days. Like I just had so much energy. I, I like I was vibrating. I was literally just vibrating. And I was just like researching, reading, working out, just feeling like myself again. You know, obviously I went, I was feeling like the worst I ever felt. So yeah, here we are two weeks later. I turned 24 in the process on the 17th. And I was like, okay, here we are. I just did that in two weeks. People die from what I had. If you would have, if I would have went to like a medical system, I probably, I mean, I would still be here because I'm crazy, but the average person would have went there with what I was going through. They would have probably been on some crazy machines right now or like um, some medication for the rest of their life, like something crazy, right? So I was just like, okay, I just did that in two weeks. What could I, I'm 24 years old. What can I do with the rest of my life? And that's when I just formed my healthy addiction, if you will of just healing and just like ultimately it wasn't even like healing because I don't even like to look at it as like oh I'm healing right I, for me it's more of like just activating myself and and being more aware and conscious of who and what I am and discovering those those infinite parts of myself and and then living accordingly right letting go of all this illusion and all these traps that we've been exposed to um kind of robbing our consciousness and energy and sacred energy and whatnot so Three months later, I met Ayahuasca and through the same teacher, um, doctor, you know, she kind of let me know where they're having a retreat and she knew I was crazy. Like I was down for anything that was going to help me at that point. Cause like in February, two weeks after that I healed, it's like a month later into my spiritual awakening, if you will, I had a conversation with God. So basically what I was doing for that month was discovering that I wasn't me. That was basically what was going on through all the readings, through all the videos, through all the meditations. I was like, how did I really get here? Who is David? I just had a conversation with God. I was just like, this is funny how I'm talking to God too. I was like, yo, God, I'm not me and I will die in this room. I'm not going to live. We're going to deal with this right now. I know what happened. Like I know how I was tricked. I know how all these beliefs were implanted through my food, through my TV shows, through through everything, right? Through the school system. I was like, I know. And I was like, I'll, I'll die right now. I'll go back to the, to, I'll go back with you, right? Not that I'm separate, but like, I'll go back in the spirit world. I got no problem. I quit my job. I broke up with my girlfriend. I wasn't talking to my, my family for like a year and a half to two years. I just went to solitude. Um, but back to the conversation. So I was like, we're going to deal with this right now. Like I'm down. 
whatever I got to do, and I know it's not that simple. I know it's going to be painful. I know it's going to be just ripping myself apart. I'm cool. I'm going to do it. We're doing it now. We're not waiting. I'm not going to do anything else. Like I'm quitting. I'm not going to get another job. I'm, I will literally die in my room. I don't, I, I meant it. Like I totally did not care. I was like, we're figuring this out. And so that started my whole year and a half or two years of depression. Not really depression. I just laugh. I call it, I mean, I shouldn't, but at times it was very depressing, but roller coaster of life, I should say, uh, of just processing everything, right? Because you're not going to do that in one day, two days, not even in a year and a half or two years, right? I just did a lot of work, right? I'm still doing the work till, till today, right? But it was just like rough. And I was in solitude. So I wasn't talking to anybody. Like I wasn't the only person I would actually talk to was my teacher that I was in acupuncture from. That's it. And like going to meditation groups. Other than that, I was literally by myself. Like I didn't, I didn't care if you were my best friend. I didn't care who you were. My mother, I was minding my damn business, like figuring out this thing called life. I was going to figure it out. I was like, no, we're figuring this out. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be in this game and not know how to play. So Fast forward five years later, here we are in that process of drinking a lot of ayahuasca. Um, I've dieted, I've been to Peru and went through different um, rites of passages and initiations with the tribes out there that live in the middle of the Amazon. And ultimately now my, my life just kind of transitioned into guiding people in, in a way that's going to help them you know, achieve whatever they want to achieve to the ultimately the way I like to say the, the way I like to put it is you could do whatever you want. This is your life. You have the ability to do whatever you want. So me as David, I want to help you live the life that you want to live, right? I want to, I want to coach people to live the right, the lifestyle, not just the kind of life, but the, the entire lifestyle, you know, what kind of the whole vibe let's, let's manifest your entire vibe. But first, Right now, the average person on the street, if you ask them what that looks like, they're going to tell you a bunch of BS. That's just a bunch of programs and junk that's in their mind, programs that have been installed. They don't really know what they want in their heart. So for me, it's deep. It's like, first, we're going to detox and get rid of all the stuff that's not you, right? It's just my medicine, what I did, right? So that you can truly tune into your heart and figure out what your life really looks like from your heart. And then we're going to create that. So that's, that was my journey, right? Just to dissolving all the illusions and breaking them down and doing the shadow work. Ultimately, like it's not all of them. Like it's not a promise. Like there's work to be done no matter what. If you're still living on here on earth, I can still talk to you and touch you in the flesh. There's, there's work to be done, man. There's, there's a, this earth is a school. So yeah, that brings me here to this current David, right? That's uh, a lot more whole and a lot more, um, just self-aware really ultimately and, and um, still going through the process, you know, it's a lifelong process, lifelong path. So guiding people, holding workshops and, and meditations and um, retreats all over the world um, and then working on different things that I'm going to launch, but that's kind of the full story. Mm. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many stories in there. questions. Yeah. There's so many different places that we could take that. Essentially for you, it was a, it, and I guess for anybody that undertakes this path, it's a process of shedding all the layers of who you are not so you can tap into. And this is something that we say on the podcast quite a bit, you know, that I've been saying for a while that I've known, don't necessarily always follow it. 
that the most powerful internal, that the most powerful compass that's been given to us in this lifetime is our internal guidance system. Exactly. It's gotta be. That's exactly, I use that word too. That's funny that you even say that. Like I help people tune their inner compass. Like it's jacked up right now, I promise. <laughs> it doesn't know where North is. Yeah. So we got to clean that up and get it working right. Yeah, I started saying that a, a few years ago. I was just like intuitively, I mean, it has to be like, how how could anybody else know what this life journey is supposed to be about for you? They couldn't. And yet, you know, we go straight into the education system, into the systems of our family, into tradition and culture and all that. And it's, this is what's right. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to learn. This is the next step you need to take. And so we learn very early on to not listen to that guidance system because all the answers are outside of us. And then we get to adulthood and, you know, one of the primary manifestations of anxiety and, and people that come to talk to me is that, you know, they're not, it, people become afraid of even making decisions because they have no guidance system. Mm -hmm. Where do they make the, the decision from? From ego when their ego is skewed. The ego is not a bad thing. You need your ego. Like I need my mind, my ego is about cleaning it up and having it be a faithful servant, not a poor master, you know, so. They don't have an inner guidance, so they just try to figure it out in their mind, which is not the way you're supposed to live life. That could be really messy. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, so many of us have been taught to depend on the externals for guidance and not go internal for our very next step. I know before I ever did ayahuasca, I literally remember one night I was out with some friends and they were talking about spirituality and I started crying and I'm not a crier. But I started crying and I was saying, I'm just, I know I'm spiritual, but what is that? What even is that? I don't even know what, and I feel like I can get more spiritual. I feel like something is missing. Like there has to be more. There has to be more. And then I remember after doing ayahuasca, just everything that it uncovered for me. And I'm not saying that people have to do ayahuasca in order to tap deeper into your inner compass. There's other things like meditation. There's breath work. There's other mindfulness practices to help you slow down. But for me, it was so powerful because it showed me really what this world really is. It woke me up and I felt like I was sleepwalking before. And I know ayahuasca is gaining a lot of mainstream attention right now. And we have people DM us because they've heard me talk about my experience on the podcast. So a big intention of why we wanted you on here was to kind of break down what ayahuasca is, what it can do for people and maybe just answer some like main questions on what is the sacred plant and why you should be extremely careful when embarking on that journey. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll do my best trying to put what Aya is into some little words. Right. But I'll take, I'll do my best to take you through the mental journey. Um, if you look anywhere online, I mean, you hit, you hit it right in the head. It's, it's, it's gaining mainstream. It's gaining popularity, if you will. And uh, which is beautiful, but also at the same time, um, as somebody who knows the power and, and the sacredness of that medicine, it's important to be mindful and educated before you try to embark in, in a journey as such and or re, you know, re go to something maybe you ended up somewhere before already and it wasn't the most enlightening experience in a sense. But Overall, it's a sacred plant medicine. Like if you search the web anywhere, right? You're going to get, the, this is the exact answer you're going to get anywhere, even on the retreat website, websites and everything. Ayahuasca is a sacred plant medicine that's grown in the Amazon jungle and the indigenous people have worked with thousands of years 
uh, for healing physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It helps you clean out your subconscious mind and it helps you uh, realign with your soul's mission, right? That's what you'll find everywhere online. That's great. And it's not wrong, but it puts a lot of pressure on Aya. <laughs> like she's going to solve something, right? So Aya is a sacred plant medicine that does grow in the jungle, in the Amazon jungle. And ultimately, it's classified under psychedelics. If you were to compare it to something, not that they're each their own entity or anything, but if you were to compare it to anything, uh, for whatever reason, I would say mushrooms, sacred mushrooms would be, psilocybin would be the closest thing, right, is, is in terms of they're each their own thing. They're not the same, but um, just for those listening that were curious, right, and have tried mushrooms. But um, it's a sacred medicine. What's in, The most important thing to know is it's a ritual. It's a sacred ceremony. It's not like mushrooms people do by themselves and, you know, other medicines too. But like I is not something you do by yourself. There's not, you don't, unless you have the initiation, unless you have the wisdom and the training and which takes years and years, right? It's not like you go for a weekend shop, like some of these weekend shamans go to a workshop for a weekend and all of a sudden they're enlightened and ready to guide the entire world. It's dangerous. The, the main thing is because it's dangerous. It's very powerful, right? It's a force that comes in and ultimately helps helps you just see whatever you need to see. It's really intention-based medicine. So through a ceremony, you'll go through ceremony and you'll set your intention, right? And preparation and integration are just as important, if not more important than the ceremony itself. So preparing with the right diet, the right food, so you don't have chemical reactions, because you could you could actually die from Aya. One, if you're on different medications, um, Two, if you are, you know, eating contradicting foods and things like that or have health complications. So it's, it's something that you have to be health interviewed for. Uh, and I guess this is this is a good guide for anybody that's listening and ever going to journey to that. This is kind of the process you should be going through. And if you're not going through this process, you should not go wherever you're going or work with whoever you're working with. If they're not asking you, if they're not interviewing you and asking you medical questions and asking you if you've ever been on medications, ever had any surgeries, things like that, then run away. Like, don't go there because that's extremely important. It's very intention-based. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to open up your mind. You're going to open up yourself to your spirit world, to your subconscious mind. And it's going to allow you to heal some of these traumas, some of these emotions, some of these um, beliefs and things within yourself that are ultimately in misalignment with with your center you know with who you really are and with your um with your spirit so all these different fragmentations of yourself right that you've left because of traumatic experiences and relationships abuse accidents whatever it may be um different scenarios where you experience intense fear right these things attach to our nervous system attached to our mind attached to our our being and and you know some people even have entities attached to them because of you know, whatever you want. And whatever reason, it could be somebody did some magic or, you know, some things to them. I won't get too deep into that. But or they were just around the wrong people, or maybe they did some mushrooms and went to a party or a music festival, right? They have no idea what they're doing. Opening up your energy completely, right? That 99.99%. Yeah, you're going to open that up. And then you're, well, you're at the mercy of whatever's around you. And remember, we live in the spirit world. It's not something else that's separate from us like everything is spiritual there's nothing that's not spiritual you can't say you're not spiritual it's it's not possible that's just quantum physics that's just like what we are this is what this is right a spiritual experience whether you 
are awakened to it or not. It still is. So IO will help you. It's a very intention-based medicine, just like all these, these medicine, uh, sacred medicines are. And your intention is like the best example I could say is like, if you get in your car right now and you're going somewhere, where do you set your GPS to so you can get there? That's like your intention for Aya, right? You're going to go through the journey, right? You're going to go through this experience. So your intention's kind of like where you said the GPS. I'm not saying you're going to arrive there. I'm not saying, you know, the journey itself will be the ride there or some, wherever you need to go. Because it's important to know that you're working with a spirit. You're working with a intelligent essence, an intelligent spirit. You're not working with a substance. It's not just, you know, a physical thing you're taking and things are going to happen. You're working with the spirit. You're working with a force, a strong force. So she's going to take you through, you know, she's known as grandmother spirit, right? She's going to guide you through this journey, almost like hold your hand as you go through this journey of your mind, of your body, of your spirit. Um, to ultimately achieve healing, you know, in whatever way that you may need it. So just for example, if you had a really rough childhood, you had abuse, verbal or physical abuse from like your father or something, and you know that that's affecting the way you're manifesting relationships or the way you're treating your kids or, you know, just the, your temper and, and the way you are, right? Then an intention could be to heal the relationship with your father, you know, heal the the trauma and the experience that you had there. And that might look like a thousand different things. You know, it's not always direct. It could be very visual, like the tapestries that you see, like in in behind me. A very visual experience because it is a visionary medicine. But it's not all about the visuals. But yeah, you can go, it could be something like you go straight to that in your mind, right? Just like you're dreaming. You go straight to that experience where you had like super traumatic abuse or something. And you can be rewriting it in your brain. You could forgive you know, whoever did it to you, there's a whatever it is that you need is kind of the process you go through. So it could look like direct relation, or it could look like a bunch of symbols and, and kind of designs and um, uh, different openings and realizations, right? You're in a heightened state of consciousness, you know, heightened state of awareness. So you're able to see yourself almost from the bird's eye view versus from this identity, this little self, right? That can't figure out your, your problems. So you kind of like sucks you out so that you can see what's going on within yourself so ultimately you can you know achieve um some healing and, and just align deeper with yourself right there's shamans that that work with aya most most shamans who are powerful healers aya is just a gateway it's just a connection like that's just for them to see you know beyond the veil into the spirit realm and they'll see what's going on with you why you're manifesting an illness or why you're you know, have fear, doubt, or anxiety, or, you know, whatever it is that's inside of you, um, emotionally, physically. So in the ceremony, they'll do cleaning, they'll sing to you and sing to you. Singing's the ultimate um, medicine, right? Because it's the, the, the spirit of the medicine of, of the different plants, it's not just I they're working with, of the different plants working, I mean, depending on what tradition you work with, but of the different plants, you know, go working through them and their singing is the spirit and the vibration that's ultimately helping you heal and, and transform the energy within you. But sometimes they just use Aya really to see, right? They're, you're going to see, you're going to receive healing and you're going to feel better. But from there, they'll diagno diagnose you and say, you need this plant or you need to do these types of bath for six days or something like that. And Remember, everything's frequency. So maybe you need a different frequency that's going to combat during a different an illness, right? It's all frequency. So if you have an illness, for example, the liver holds the frequency of anger, jealousy, resentment, guilt, 
right? So if you have those energies, generally speaking, you're probably going to have need some some herbs for your liver, right? Because those are the vibrations that are going to balance that out. Uh, it is a purgative medicine, meaning that the power of the medicine isn't, it's just a cycle journey that you go through and, oh, I have this realization. Okay, I'm going to change my life. No, you actually purge. Um, and purging can, can be in many different ways. It could be in throwing up. It can be in going to the bathroom, crying, feeling really hot, really cold, shaking. Sometimes the energy just dissipates and you feel this energy just lifted very clear. And it can be a very mild experience. Anything from like a very mild, like you don't feel anything to like a very like light sedative kind of relaxed feeling in a ceremony to a full-on out-of-body crap-your-pants experience and yeah just a whole rebirth and anything in between right the biggest thing i always tell everybody is to not have expectations you know she's not going to heal things for you i uh, it's like i always tell people it's like 50 50 right she's going to help you and you're going to purge and she's going to assist you through different shifts but the other 50 percent is up to you what you do in your life right because you're working in a timeless space when you're working in that space within that ceremony time doesn't exist you're working with like the organic just pure spirit there's no time. There's no illusion of time. So you may do all this work psychically and in your body, but like now you're going to go back to your life and you have to integrate that. That's one of the most important things I would say for sure is integration. Because if you go through that whole experience and you don't integrate, like what was the point? If you just go back to living the same way, like you're going to re-manifest, it's going to be, it's like you just got high. You know what I mean? You didn't really tune into its sacredness and, and its purpose you know, Sarah, to help you and assist you to assist yourself ultimately. I guess without that, without that integration, that's just when people end up going back again and again and again and wanting another ceremony and another ceremony and another plant medicine. It's. And that's dangerous um, because you achieve this thing called neuroplasticity when you do ceremony. So like for two weeks after ceremony, after drinking, you have the ability to really re-sculpt your mind. Um, this is, the, this is why it's so powerful because you could heal all these different ways that you're believing and, and seeing like you could shift that, but people who are integrating, who aren't doing, you know, seeing their shadow side, they're just like drinking to get ideas or they're like, oh, wow, it was so beautiful. Or like, oh, I feel better. It's like this high, like a medication almost right. In a sense of like, oh, I'm just gonna keep, keep drinking, but there's no integration. The goal is to not need Aya. The goal is to like, like, it's just, a, it's a tool. It's a, it's a great, like, I'm grateful for this powerful tool and the healing but it's it's to help you balance and just ultimately be healed be complete you know complete yourself so you don't need this external force because you could achieve that with some holotropic breath work you can you can meditate and see these kinds of vision you know if you're not eating toxic food if you're not you know if you're if you're doing deep meditation practice you don't need anything anything all the dmt the most concentrated form of dmt in your body is in your lungs so like you just breathe right you'll go, you'll start seeing waves, you'll start going into that in-between space and you could do healing like that. So yeah, it's very dangerous. Um, and facilitations too, you know, some, some facilitators just allow people to come back, you know, it's like a business to them and, you know, without integrating, they're not really caring for the people. It's just kind of like you're going to yoga class. They don't really care. Like, okay, whatever. It's your practice. Like, which is, uh, I mean, my opinion, compete your responsibility. Um, and just shows the work that they need themselves. But, you know, it's each their own. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what what Alan Watts said. Um, 
in terms of uh, these teacher, these plant medicines or any kind of psychedelic, it's when you get, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Yeah, exactly. Once you're there, like the, the point is to live. It's not to be in the ethers and all the time. Like the whole point is to create your heaven on earth, your dream to live your dream and, and experience it in this flesh in this place where we could touch, you know, this very unique realm that we're in. That's super like you hit the lotto. If you're a human being, like you hit the lotto. Yeah. Can you talk about <laughs> that? Because, and I know we're running out of time, but maybe we can get this last bit of David, David insights. I hear you, right? When you say we hit the lotto and yet so many of us get so disenchanted with being human. And like, I've mm -hmm. experienced this myself. I'm like, why the, why the fuck am I human? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, there's something about the spirit world that just in, from very young, I've always been like, Hmm, you know, I've just, just felt right to me, but yeah. And with suicide and all that, I guess what I'm wanting to, to get from you in regards to that, it's like, what, what, what would your messaging be? around people embracing their physical experience and seeing it as I hit the lotto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a very dense realm and there's a lot of unique experiences that we can have on earth. You know, this touch, this eating food, like they don't do that <laughs> both dimensions. Like it's very different, you know, enjoying touch, you know, physical touch to some, to somebody, you know, we're not just straight up light beings, you know, we're, we're just living in this light realm, which don't get me wrong. It's super beautiful and amazing, but here we get to really experience, experience things. I mean, look at earth, like, right. Take away all the stuff and the corporations and the, cities and stuff like that look at like a jungle right look at how beautiful it is like this is why traveling and doing retreats like in the jungle stuff like that it's, it's so important to just tune you back into that beauty that's that's you your nature you're part of this ecosystem like you're not separate you're just like a jaguar or a bird like you're a cell here on earth and um depression suicide and all these things that manifest it's a couple things right they're here to teach us, you know, we're ultimately here as a school, you know, we're here to learn, you know, there's different things within our soul to have the soul evolution within ourselves and um, just have the experience, you know, for whatever reason, we may have contracted ourselves to in the higher realms before we came here, right? We didn't just end up here. There's different soul contracts, there's different negotiations, different reasons why every single person is here, right? Some people are here just to experience it. You know, there's no, you know, it's very light. It's very easy. Nothing really happens. They're just here to experience it. Some people are here to go through some intense lessons and in growth, you know? So that was all taken care of before you got here. And again, we've been mind controlled and, you know, you could get into all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, here we are, you know what I mean? We're here to learn. We're here to just be, you know, and even through all this, especially with everything that's going on now, like just be. You know, if you really know the spirit world's never separate, that's the biggest thing. It's not separate. It's not somewhere else. It's right here. Like when we have these visions, they're right here. All these dimensions are like layered over and your frequency determines like which one you see. That's the frequency you're radiating, right? Like that's why sometimes like people at higher frequencies to people in low frequencies, like when they walk by in the street, they just see a blur. They can't even see that that frequency. Like people don't live in the same world. I promise. I try to tell people this. Like that. It, like you can only see what you're like where you're at. It won't align for you to see other things. Like it's it's unless it's supposed to, you know, miraculously. But yeah, for anybody going through it, like just know one. Like reach out for help. Reach out for for help and and do some soul work. You know, just really realigned and. And know that whatever it is that, that 
it's got you. Cause I've been, I mean, I've been in, in situations like that when I was younger as well, where I was just like, I don't want to live. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm out. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like I'm out. This is, but like, just know whatever it is that you're going through. Once you're through it, you can be like, wow, I'm okay. I'm whole. I was never not whole. I was just going through an experience and treat yourself to experiences, you know, really just detox. I'm huge on detox. Everything I preach is detox. You know, if you are going through a hard time, detox, because it's all information. So if you're manifesting something, detox, change your frequency. You know what I mean? And I know it's really easy to say, especially, you know, for me or for, you know, anybody really. But when you're going through, it's like, oh, I'm just going to detox. I just got to change my frequency. Like, trust me, I know. Like, yeah, man, you're loved. And we're here to have the experience. You know, it's, it's even if you're having a tough time, like 99.9999% of you guys listening to this, if not 100%. You've all experienced that that sacred beauty, that loving, you know, experience in whatever capacity, right? That like, wow, that amazement. Like think about when you were a child, just like exploring and like, you know, it's it's really beautiful. So it's just retuning into that. It's work, you know. At the end of the day, whether you do what you're supposed to do or not, you, you're going to work. You're not escaping work, you know. So you might as well work for what you want. It might be hard, but just starting is is the first step, you know, baby steps, just baby step your way to it. You know, you don't have to go face first. Like some people do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could, you could take your time. It's, you know, at your own pace and just integrate smaller things, gift yourself experiences, you know, go look for a meditation group, look for, you know, go to a yoga class. And if you're intimidating, like go on meetup or go on like there's Facebook groups, like this internet, you know, it's been used for a lot of weird things, but it could also be used for a lot of great things to meet people, especially if you're like introverted, you know, search for groups. There might even be like online chat groups where people don't aren't ready to meet in person, but like they just, you know, have conversations online or video chat and like, you know, connect. Ultimately, anything, if you're going through that kind of experience, here it is. It's your experience separation. And even like you mentioned Alan Watts, it's funny because I was listening to Alan Watts yesterday on the flight from Chicago to Vegas, literally like, not even 24 hours ago. So it's fun. I haven't listened to him. Like I'm, I mean, listen to him kind of often, but um, so it's funny that you mentioned him. But the one I was listening to yesterday was like silence is key. And he was saying like, you're never separated. The foot isn't, isn't its own thing. It's part of the body. Like everything is connected. It's never not connected. And when you think it's, it's disconnected, it's like, that's when you have a hard time. So ultimately when people are in these deep, deep states, of you know different low lower frequencies and emotions it's you don't feel connected you know there's nothing you're connecting with and that's that's as 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 a soul as a human that's what we thrive off of community and connection and and you know so start connecting with yourself and start connecting with an animal you know children whatever it is like i said just reach out and you know it's 2021 you know we've all been through it <laughs> nobody in this world has not been through it at this point right we we have that more understanding now for each other and yet people are just more open and more awakened to like what mental health is and like it's tough before you know five years ago six ten years ago whatever people just think you're crazy right oh you're depressed like i'll get over it right which Mm -hmm. is sad you know but like now like people know this is an issue this is not this is not just rub it off. If you're experiencing something like that, like 
you need some, some love and some connection and, and like you're not crazy you know you're definitely not crazy and it's totally okay that you're feeling what you're feeling you know don't feel like you got to run away from it don't feel like you know it's okay and you could shift it so don't don't feel scared or anything to reach out like people people have a deeper understanding at this point in time so um yeah i mean we all need each other at this point mm-hmm. well and if you're listening to this podcast you know it, you know, pretty yeah. mental is, is we aim for it to be a community of inclusion and community where everyone is welcome and you are loved. And before we wrap up, because we are hitting that hour, well, no, we hit that hour mark, but we would love to know what mental health is for you, what it means to you. My definition of mental health, um, would ultimately be allowing the mind to be still um, in times where, where there's no necessity for it to be doing anything, you know, really seeking that stillness and using the mind as a tool, you know, it's okay to have these thoughts. It's okay to just watch them like the clouds, you know, um, especially if you have a busy mind. Um, but eventually, you know, once you get into the mental health, it's being able to just be, to me, mental health is like lack of mentality, right? in the sense of not that you're lacking it. And you're, like I said, you're not ego. There's not that you don't have an ego, nothing like that. You will always have one. Like you need that, but it's about achieving the balance so that you can be present. You know, if you're really mentally healthy, it's your ability to be present in the present moment. And then when you need to do something, you have the ability to do it, you know, in your peace and, and just moving more elegantly with, with yourself in, in, in every form, physically, mentally, emotionally, the way you speak, everything. So that's, I guess, how I would define mental health. Mm, I love that. So powerful, David. I appreciate you guys so much. So powerful. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. These messages were so received and, you know, it's we know that it's going to reach the right person that needs to hear it. It's reaching us in the way that it needs to reach us. And we appreciate you engaging in this exchange and this time with us. And where can everyone find you? Um, so I'm the most active on um, on Instagram. You could find me there at Energy Is Truth. No spaces or anything. Just Energy Is Truth. And then my website is www.davidpalma.life. www.davidpalma.life. That's where I have. I'm currently re- reamping it, but that's where I usually post. We'll be posting my events and and where you can reach me too. Awesome. Well, we will link those in the show notes. And thank you so much, David. It was great to speak with you. Everyone, if you guys have any questions on any of these sacred plant medicines, we encourage you to reach out to David and make sure you do your research before you dive in on one of those journeys, which can be really beautiful, but you want to approach it in a really intentional, safe and sacred way. Bye, David. David. Ciao. All right, family, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Make sure to come on every Monday at 6 a.m. EST for new episodes on Pretty Mental. And if you're not following us on Instagram yet, we are Pretty Mental Official. We love you guys. Los queremos mucho. Yeah, be kind to yourselves out there. Peace.